Howdy, Ags. Welcome to Aggie Growth Hacks, the podcast that is sponsored by the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M. Here, we're dedicated to highlighting fast-growing Aggie entrepreneurs, learning how they overcame growth challenges with creative hacks, and connecting them with other entrepreneurs in the Aggie network. I'm your host, Greg Martin, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2001. I'm your co-host, Chris Hunter, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 1998. Whoop! We got a little story for you, Ags. Greg Gay, Fighting Tech Day, class of 1992, has taken his company from an idea and a business plan to one of the largest founder-owned companies in the employee support industry. So pass it back and listen up to Greg as he shares some good bull. Well, howdy, Ags. Greg Gay, Fighting Tech Society class of 1992 is here. Greg is the CEO of Assurant, and this company is one, if not the largest founder-owned companies in his space. So we're going to talk with Greg about how what it's taken to grow his company and really to be able to, to be successful throughout that. So welcome, Greg. Thank you so much for being here. Well, Greg, Chris, thanks for having me and inviting me to the show. I really appreciate it. Well, we cannot wait to, to hear the, the knowledge that you have and to connect you with other Aggie entrepreneurs. But first, let me ask you, what is your favorite Aggie memory? You recently moved back to Texas. Um, so what, what is your favorite Aggie memory? I don't know that I have a favorite. I have so many, but it absolutely has to revolve around football weekend. We would always have friends coming in from out of town, uh, parties, tailgates, barbecues, bonfire, midnight yell, Dunkin' Rings at the chicken. I mean, it's, it's the laundry. It's the typical laundry list that people tick down. But probably the favorite is, of course, beating the hell out of Texas, which we did four out of five years from 1988 to 1992. That's awesome. Well, you, it's funny you say that. Last weekend was actually the spring ring day and, and family weekend. And so there there was a lot of conversation about <laughs> dunking rings and having a good time. Yeah, it's, it's definitely all things related to game day. In fact, I, I actually very distinctly remember I was sitting in the stands watching the A&M TCU game when Quinn Coriot put the hit on yes, the uh, wide receiver from TCU in 91. I talk about that with my sons, you know, the hit, right? And uh, I was right there, first deck, you know, like maybe two rows up. And it was fantastic, you know, fantastic hit. All right, Greg. So tell us a little bit about Assurant and, you know, what exactly it is that you do and really how did, how did you get into that? Well, sure. Um, Assurant is an employment screening company that qualifies candidates for employment. Um, and that includes everything from full county state, federal background checks, driving records, employment education verifications, drug testing, some medical testing. And we do the entire compliance framework that encapsulates these services. So, you know, what makes Assurant a little bit different than our competitors is that we excel really in the metrics that matter most to the employer. So we have best-in-class turnaround time from the time a client orders a, an investigation on a, a job applicant. And of course, that improves the human resources department's time to hire metrics. Our accuracy of our results is also best in class. Um, as you can imagine, that's extremely important. Extremely important. Uh, very, very important. Uh, we help our clients maintain compliance through our software platform, and we keep them abreast of new regulations that are in the committee level in different states. And lastly, you know, it's always important that you're a high value to your customers. And we are a highly efficient, data-centric, and configurable solution. And that allows us to remove a lot of the uh, avoidable costs. So we continue to get really high marks from our clients for being great collaborators and problem solvers. 
And ultimately, our job is to help our clients run their business better. Now, to the second part of your question, which is how did you get into it? Nobody ever goes to college and say, I want to be CEO of a background screening company, right? Really? In fact, I would, I would venture to guess that most people are not doing what they went to college to do. But I've always wanted to be, I guess I could sum it up by saying, I've always wanted to run my own company. Uh, I had an uncle that ran an oilfield tool service business in Abilene. And I always admired the fact that when we would go deer hunting out at his ranch, he had a big red dual wheel case tractor. And when you're in elementary school, you're like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And the only thing I know about my uncle is he owns his own business. So maybe if I own my own business someday, (laughs) I can own a tractor like that. Nice. So, So do you? Do you own a tractor like that? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> yet. Not yet. Not yet. It's coming. <laughs> that, that's great. Well, well, Greg, I, I was impressed as you were kind of telling a little bit of your background. I mean, I love how you focus on the clients first and you put their needs. I think that that's a, that's a mark of every single entrepreneur that we've had on Aggie Growth Hacks to, to make sure that we're serving our clients in ways that they think they're valuable. But that also means that your industry and your business has had to change. So, and, and it's had to change because of 2020 and what, what we have, what we've gone through. So let me ask you this, not, not counting last year, you've had a very rapid growing company, but not counting last year, what were the challenges that you guys faced to growth and, and how did you overcome it? Yeah, that's a good question. And that, I, you know, my response to this question is probably going to be something that every entrepreneur is going to face at some period if they're successful in their business. And our single biggest challenge since we started the company has to be talent. We were a bootstrap startup in a very competitive industry. And to be blunt, in the beginning, we we hired what we could afford. And as the company became larger and more complex, we had to make some changes. In 2016, I made the decision to raise capital through a private equity firm. And we structured it as a minority transactions to make sure that we could maintain control. And that allowed us to do several things. It allowed us to provide liquidity to our angel investors that helped us get started, to simplify our cap table, uh, we put growth capital on the balance sheet. We rebuilt our board of directors with individuals that relevant to specific challenges that we saw in front of us. Um, in fact, I remember very distinctly going to the private equity firm after they closed the round and telling them that the management team that they had just invested in needed to be revamped. <laughs> so as you can imagine, that's, a, that's an interesting conversation. The check cleared before you said that, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you don't do anything until the check clears. But what I learned firsthand is that people who are very capable and excel at one level of the growth curve may not translate to the next phase. And as an entrepreneur and a leader, you have to be able to determine when the company may have passed individuals by, and you got to make that hard decision. So the growth capital allowed me to begin a very deliberate and methodical process to top grade my executive team. And it really starts at the top. It starts with the executives. That that was about a two-year endeavor to recruit five different new executives. And as I said, it was a very difficult decision at first, but when you hire A-level talents, the difference in return to the business versus a B or C player is just absolutely extraordinary. And many of these new executives were attracted to assurance, of course, based on the business itself and the growth profile, But the fact that we now had professional money in a private equity firm that was backing us, that changed the risk profile of a smaller business. 
Uh, and this was very important to me in recruiting executives from much larger organizations to my smaller company. Um, there's a whole ecosystem of executives of very talented individuals that live in that space between first professional money in through to liquidity. So talent was the problem. We solved it by having a fast growing company. We leveraged that to raise growth capital and change the risk profile of our company. That allowed me to recruit the people that I was looking for. And of course, as these executives, these executives have top players that follow them as well, right? So the upside continues to play out uh, several levels deep in the organization. Interesting. It's almost like uh, going back to football, you know, as we talked about football as your favorite memory is that it's almost exactly like that, right? You bring in the head coach and they bring in all their other coaches with them, right? And there's, there's a ton of football, a ton of sports analogies in general that play verbatim into business. Interesting. So we all know that that this past year has been super challenging for every single business in the entire world. And, and there's a lot of businesses that are still struggling. What's been the most surprising challenge that came out of this past year for y'all? Yeah, I don't know that it was a surprise, but definitely the largest challenge has to be our ability to improve cash on our balance sheet, right? In March of 2020, we saw a 45% decline in revenue. Uh, in a period of about three weeks. Wow. wow. And nobody knew when we would hit bottom, right? I mean, it was just basically a free fall. And so as a service business to, that's in the employment space, right? Every company is going down their playbook, right? And we mostly deal in upper mid-market enterprise level clients. So these are experienced management teams. And they, you know, you know, we have a downturn in the economic crisis, pull out the playbook, Go down the list, right? So we saw hiring dry up overnight. And this is really where an experienced, A-level, talented executive team really pays off. My new team uh, had been through downturns before, and they knew the playbook. Uh, no one panicked. We just got together, started making methodical decisions. You know, I read somewhere one time that you can complain about the wind or you can adjust your sales, right? And how quickly you get to the ladder may be the difference and whether or not you still have a business when the economic conditions normalize. Our team very quickly became aligned on the current state of affairs, our best yes predictions and forecasts. We made quick decisions. We implemented those, implemented those decisions immediately. Uh, we also raised some additional capitals, insurance, in case this black swan event lasted longer than we expected. We put together a game plan inside of a week. We vetted it against a very experienced board of directors and, and started executing. And some of those actions you know, in that playbook are things like, you know, we managed our cash. We managed our expenses. We maximized the variance between accounts receivable and accounts payable. We negotiated with major vendors, you know, like our landlord to get rent deferral for six months. Unfortunately, you know, we were forced to lay off some staff. We applied and received PPP funds. Uh, we took on additional debt. So, you know, preserving the going concern of the business is the most important thing. And I wanted to add, I do want to add one additional thought, and that is, you know, how you treat and communicate the employees that are being laid off in those types of scenarios in a downturn, it, it matters, right? I mean, these are people that are being, you know, really negatively affected. And spending the time and focus to get that right is really important. And aside from being able to, you know, successfully improve our cash position during this downturn, I'm also very proud of the fact of how we communicated and managed that downturn. 
because it, it is no surprise that the employees that that you did have to let go that they still had connections with your existing employees and and if you would have done that in a not professional way then the people that were still with you would feel those effects and and be be scared but i mean i love that you guys had a solid plan and it, it sounded so easy i mean you just roll through it's like yeah we pull the playbook and just start executing it but man that had to be tough that there a whole lot of stress sweat and and just um not knowing what's going on in that execution yeah no question experience matters in those types of situations well, it's, it sounds like, you know, as, as we're recording this, this is the, the middle of April. And for a lot of the companies that both Chris and I work with, you know, I mean, that there seems to be a little bit of, of strength back in the economy and things are kind of kind of picking back up. But what's one thing that you see, Greg, when you look out over the next couple of years, specifically in your industry, from your perspective, what are some things that are changing or have changed? And how are you positioning yourself to really uh, capitalize on that? Sure. I can give you two general trends that I absolutely think are headed our way, uh, specific to the, you know, the hiring process for new employment. I think in our industry, we can expect more regulation from federal, state, and local governments. You know, this does create specific opportunities to both help our clients stay in compliance through you know, our educational materials, our webinars, our ability to flex our new software platform that will be completed this year. This platform is really a step function improvement in our ability to remain flexible around these types of changes. Uh, it has a lot to do with, you know, with you know, architecting visual workflows and things like that. So anytime there's a new compliance requirement, you know, we can modify those workflows and, and keep our clients you know, line. Yeah. You know, two examples I can give to put a finer point on it is, you know, increasing the processes that the employer and the credit reporting agency, of which we are considered one, would be required to go through when an applicant has something derogatory on their report. In other words, mm-hmm. we look at Chris Hunter and we find, uh, you know, some type of a conviction, right? Not that you have any, Chris, but <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm using you as a guinea pig. <laughs> you know, we already see some examples of states, counties, and cities requiring documented individual assessments on why that individual was not hired. And so we can help those workflows uh, based on, you know, where this individual was going to be hired and keep them compliant with the local, you know, city ordinance or something, you know, anywhere in the country. A second example would be how uh, what they call GDPR, which is General Data Protection Regulation. We see it a lot in Europe and how that's going to manifest itself here in the States. So I do believe this is on the way. And you know, would regulate how companies protect personal data and rules requiring the consent of individuals for, for data processing. Now, we are one of the largest, if, the, if not the largest criminal data aggregator in the country. Uh, so we're, we're very interested to see how this pans out. It's interesting. You know, and in the marketing world, my world, we deal with GDPR on Facebook and, and that kind of thing that never once thought about that in, in hiring. So yep. it's interesting. So we talk about this on every one of our episodes and, and we'll bring it up, the big, hairy, audacious goal, right? Um, and we feel that, that it's obviously it's important to have that, that 10, five to 10 year moonshot in mind when you're building the vision for your company. So tell us a little bit about your big, hairy, audacious goal. Well, our, our big, hairy, audacious goal, I mean, have you ever known an entrepreneur not to have a project, right? I mean, sometimes it's, it's difficult to scale it down to one. Oftentimes they have too many. And I'm no exception. And we allocate time and resource to these moonshot opportunities. Now, 
COVID's put a temporary pause on some of these, but you know we'll reconvene that later this year, beginning of next year on these projects. Uh, at a high level, you know, I, I tell I tell our staff this all the time. I mean, we're here to win, right? We're we're not here to see how many people we can employ uh, in our own organization. We're not here to just exist. I mean, we're, if we're going to be involved in something, if we're going to be involved in a project, we're going to be involved in assurance. We're here to for assurance to win and, and win against our competitors by providing better value to our customers. Winning is what it's about. So uh, easy to say, very difficult to do, but we entered this industry to become the best in what we do. So while we currently rank maybe six or seventh out of hundreds of competitors in our industry in terms of size, our pre-COVID track record is we've been able to double the size of the company about every 36 months. And that obviously becomes more difficult the larger you become, evidenced by you know insurance growth rate versus some of our larger competitors. But our goal, I believe that we can triple the size of assurance in the next six years. And I believe we can do it organically. So uh, we have the product development roadmap and we've got the talent to get us there. And, and hopefully that, that'll get us back on the Aggie 100 list. That's awesome. Like To be able to, to triple your company on top of having all of that growth. But but at the end of the day, you're doing that not for the sake of growth, is to be able to provide value to the people that you serve, to provide value to your employees and to make a difference in the world. Yeah, I mean, you are you have to provide value or, or your business is not going to grow at all. I mean, there's a reason that larger companies gravitate to assurance. You know, it's, you, when you're an entrepreneur and, you, and you, you bootstrap a business, name recognition is one of the most difficult things that you have to compete against. You can get out marketed. So your product has to speak for itself. Your culture has to be 100% aligned and behind those strategic initiatives, right? Well, that's a great BHAG. And we're going to roll right now and have a break and hear a message from our sponsor. Okay, we're back. So, Greg, we're rolling into the right lightning round. So, let me ask you, what is your personal favorite hack? Is it, you can be either a personal hack you do on the personal side or the business hack, but when you, when you think about what's something we can learn from you. You know, I would I would put this out to all Aggie entrepreneurs. If if you have the ability to join YPO, which is Young Presidents Organization, I would highly suggest you do. It's an international organization. Um, when I started Assurant, my my board chair said, you know, Greg, when this company gets big enough, you're going to be in YPO. And my next question was, what is YPO? Right. So yeah, I've been in it a little over 10 years. It's been, you know, absolutely fantastic. It's very, very insightful. I enjoy being in conversations with the smartest business people I can find and, and listen to how these problems. And for me, this has been through my YPO forum initially in Cleveland and now down here in Dallas. You know, we meet every single month to talk about business, to talk about family, and to talk about personal issues. And I didn't appreciate this audience as much, you know, when I started the company as I do now. You know, when you run a company, you know, I woke up one day, I spent the first eight years without a vacation, right? It's seven days a week, you know, all day, every day. And you wake up one day and you said, you know, the only people I know are my, my bankers, my accountants, my board members, and, you know, my senior team. None of which I really want to hang out with on the weekends, right? I need to find peers of mine out there. They do exist. I need to pick my head up and go find them. And for for me, I did that through YPO. Nice. Love it. Absolutely love it. All right. Question number two, give us one book, podcast, or YouTube channel that you get a lot of value out of. You know, I should probably say as a CEO, I read a lot of books, but I'm the guy that typically waits for the movie. 
<laughs> I learned better visually, uh, you know, through these type of podcasts. Um, so definitely for me, I tend to gravitate toward TED Talks. You know, it's, it's a variety of, of topics of whatever sounds interesting to me. Uh, they're insightful. They're short. The common theme is I love hearing the story behind the story of how really smart people solve problems. Is there one TED Talk that you have that, that kind of steps out to you? Because I mean, for, for me, the quintessential one is the Simon Sinek, start with why. But is, is there one that you like, yeah, check this one out? I, I do. Just to give you an example, a level of talent that, that I like to have around. Uh, one of our board members, you know, has given several TED Talks in, in marketing and marketing strategy. So that's cool. Surround yourself with people that are going to push you forward. That's great. Absolutely. The old adage of don't be the smartest guy in the room. I'm no longer the smartest person in the room, which is a great feeling. Well, Greg, is there anyone in the Aggie Network that has has helped you out and has been really valuable to you on your journey through entrepreneurship that you'd just like to say thank you to? Yeah, absolutely. And I so wish I remembered her name, but you know, it has been 30 years since I've been back there. But I interviewed to be a CBA fellow. Uh, because I wanted an accounting internship at one of the big eight uh, public accounting firms. Mm-hmm. And the short story is, is that I didn't make the cut. You know, I didn't know on the, on the select, the lady that was on the selection committee that thought that I should have made it. And she might've been the only one that thought I should have made it. But nonetheless, I didn't make the cut. And she called me a couple of days later and said, hey, I know that you wanted an internship. Would it be okay if I called Cooper's and Librand down in Houston to see if they would make room for one additional intern? And Cooper's and Librand typically waited until the CPA fellows were announced to make their internship offers. And I said, absolutely. And you know, thanked her profusely. In fact, I think I sent her some flowers afterwards. She called me back in what seemed like 15 minutes and said, they've agreed to interview you and look forward to seeing you on Friday morning. So I went to the interview. I was hired for the internship. I received a full-time offer at the conclusion of my internship. I met some lifelong friends there, including one of my closest friends, who's also a current investor in insurance. And all of this happened because she went out of her way to help somebody she really didn't know get to the next level. And for that, I'm eternally grateful because that phone call changed the trajectory of my career. That's so cool. That's so cool. Very awesome. Great to hear. So. How can the Aggie Network get in touch with you and support you moving forward? Well, um, growth is the name of the game. So if you're hiring a lot of employees, I would encourage you to give Assurant a look. Uh, we'd love to serve you and your employment screening needs. Also, I, I would love to talk to any Aggie entrepreneurs that, that need help, uh, need advice on anything from how to pitch angel investors, selecting a private equity firm, when to select a private equity firm, how to build a board, how to create incentive compensation structures. I just enjoy talking shop and I've learned so much some really experienced and smart people. And I think it's really important to reach back and help others, especially when they're part of the Aggie family. So best way to get a hold of Assurant is through our website at Assurant.com. They can email me at G-G-A-Y at Assurant.com or they can call me at 216-420-1616. Well, Greg, thank you so much for just the value that you brought today to to help us again to continue to focus on what's important to every entrepreneur, providing value to their customers, and just being so open handed and, and willing to to reach out or to be reached out to and, and to help other Aggies entrepreneurs take that next step. So, thank you for being here. Thank you share, for sharing your wisdom. You're very welcome, and thanks for the offer. 
How about that, Eggs? Was that super insightful or what? There's some valuable hacks that Greg shared with us. What was your favorite, Greg? Well, Chris, I loved how Greg had the courage to look at the talent that was in his company and and to do an honest assessment of whether or not that talent is the talent that they need to take them to the next level to to have the to have the company achieve the strategic goals that he is the founder created and laid out for them and and that's that's so hard to do because for for a lot of different reasons but I think Greg showed time and again that he had the courage to be able to do that and it's something that as an entrepreneur I can only imagine is so difficult to do but if you don't do it then you're not going to achieve your goals and it's it's a question between do you want to achieve your goals or do you want to be a buddy and I, I loved how the example time and again that he did that. What about you? You know, I, I agree 100% with yours, of course. Mine is a little bit different. It's, it's about joining YPO, Young President's Organization. Mm-hmm. To me, this that organization sounds a lot like EO. I'm, I'm more familiar with EO. Uh, entrepreneurs organization, and basically the, these are these are top level leaders of organiz- of top level organizations, and they're performing at a a really high level. And you get to meet with these guys, right? You, in fact, you're put into forums of people that are about the same size as your company, and it's it's super important to be aligned like that because if you're just surrounding yourself, like he said, with with your accountants or you know your lawyer or what, whoever, right? You're you're not learning. You're not moving yourself forward and and learning what you need to do in order to move your organization forward. So that's going to be mine. Is run with people that are faster than you, and also that'll force you to keep up. Yeah, and I loved how Greg said that. But then at the very end, what did he do? He said. I want to be that person for other Aggie entrepreneurs. Here's my phone number. Here's my direct email. And so Ags, if you want to run with Greg, then I so encourage you to reach out to him. Absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of Aggie Growth Hacks. Chris and I hope that you enjoyed this episode and we hope that you leave us a five-star rating or any rating, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you we are listening to us right now. We hope that you'll check us out on aggiegrowthhacks.com where you can hear all of our previous episodes. You can connect with us and you can get insight into the Aggie Growth Hacks workshops that we have or our hack shops. Aggie Growth Hacks was produced by fellow Aggies, Kyle Ackerman and Ben Wiggins with Podcast Architects. We also want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M. Since 1999, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship has served as the hub of entrepreneurship for Texas A&M University. If you're an Aggie entrepreneur or even a wantrepreneur, head over to their website and find a program that's right for you. Join us next time when we connect with another great Aggie entrepreneur and learn how they hack their growth. Until then, I'm Chris Hunter. And I'm Greg Martin. Thanks and gig them. Whoop!